0: The sales game on webtalkradio.com. Thanks for joining us this week. I hope as you listen to the show, you clearly feel my passion that this sales thing, right? Where most of us are actually in sales. If you're a parent, you work for an organization, we're always selling our idea, right? To be heard. So to help you with your communication challenges and connecting with others, whether it's peers, superiors, or clients, I have a free gift for you. My communication style assessment, it's in the show notes. So please take that. You will get two reports. One will just spotlight your natural superpowers of how people perceive you. The secondary report will be for your lowest score, which is typically a blind spot that we don't even realize we disconnect from people from a communication perspective due to that blind spot. So those reports, I truly hope will help guide you as you communicate with all the other humans in your life. Now, my motivational quote to set the tone for the show for today is by Simon Sinek, and he says remember you are not in charge you are re- I'm sorry let me say that again remember you are not in charge you are resp- responsible for those in your charge now being in sales sales management for over four decades i have you know we've seen it all right in that long of period of time the good the bad and the ugly when it comes to leadership skills now at times during this this time frame i've been pleased but I think I have been mostly horrified by what sales managers deem motivational coaching versus this kind of punitive perspective. And I'm sure my guests and I have stories in that realm of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, many years ago, when I was just learning and growing my particular sales skills, I had what I call the sales manager who actually did everything wrong. And I think I mostly learned what not to do And felt like I came up the ranks struggling most of the time versus feeling that level of confidence. And I also feel like since I've started my business two decades ago, that there's been a movement of changing the paradigm of sales to a more service oriented and this just loving, caring, respectful exchange of communication. The other thing I've noticed is that it all starts at the leadership level. So you guessed it. Today, we're talking about sales leadership, and my amazing guest is Renee Zamora. Now, um, Renee and I are going to discuss how fractional sales management is helping business owners and sales managers grow with their sales teams. Now, Renee focuses on a structure Education and motivation to create lasting change. His everyday purpose is to encourage and teach others in the business world. Um, I'm sorry, to teach others now in this business world, he's played out through his fractional sales management business. Sales manager now. He's the author of Part Time Sales Management has and has been recently called an OG in the fractional management world. So please help me welcome Renee to the show and truly honored to have you on, my friend. This is going to be a Good, good conversation.
1: You bet it is. You bet it is. But well, let's get rolling.
0: Let's get rolling. All right. So let's talk about what is the difference? And I'm going to be honest. I I really never heard about a fractional sales management. So what's the diff, What's different about fractional sales management and sales coaching or consulting?
1: Hmm. Well, the way I've approached it, I got into it in 2006. And, when, and I didn't know I was a fractional sales manager. I just was a sales manager for small teams. Someone said, why don't you just manage small teams? And I was like, I want to do that. And I told a good friend of mine, we'd been praying for like six months for a new direction for me. And then he just said, Hey, I got your first client. And actually a week later, he secured that client for me. And I've been just rolling over all along ever since. So I say that because I didn't I just know how to do one way to do a sales manager. And so to me, fractional sales manager is someone who takes the the quota, the goal, the responsibility of the number on their back and and leverages this team that wants to go ahead and earn a living and have them go ahead and get that goal. So the difference between coaching and consulting to me, and I I do it all, coaching, you're not responsible for the number. You're there to help develop someone. Right. In whatever area they need development in. So you do that. And consulting, you're looking more at the structure and the whole organization, the strategy and making recommendations, but you're not accountable for those recommendations. You're just making recommendations. But to me, our fractional sales manager approach is we're accountable. So, uh, we get, we're on a month to month basis. And just like any sales manager, if you're producing, they sure love having you around. And if you're not, well, got to have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. you pay for yourself, right? You, you become yeah. a revenue generator, not a cost on the balance sheet, which is just brilliant. Right. And, and yeah. you're getting the results because this is your zone of genius.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the fractional part, basically it just saying, you know, for me to, uh, we work with small businesses um, usually there are two to 20 million uh, under 50 employees, you know, maybe two to six salespeople. Yeah. And so there's really not a full-time sales manager role for a dedicated sales leader manager who isn't also selling. Sure. Um, so if I was to work at one of my clients, uh, full-time, I would probably get kind of bored and they'd give me more work. And, and that's usually what happens when you hire a full-time sales manager and the fractional mode, my challenge comes in managing multiple teams, just like a regional or a national manager at a corporation. They, they want to expand their influence. And, and so, uh, I'm managing five teams or six teams. That's fun for me. And the client gets to just pay a fraction of our fees. So, you know, they, they're paying between four and $6,000 a month and they're getting a top, top level experience, you know, corporate sales manager.
0: And and it's crazy because they're not giving you benefits.
1: Right,
0: right, nothing. <laughs> right, no. so what a great niche that you found. Um, just absolutely brilliant. And you get charged up. You like meeting with the different groups. Mm-hmm. And so coaching and consulting is part of what you do, right? Sure. You just take on the responsibility of the number, the results, right? So I can coach, yeah. we can strategize, right? That's yep. the consulting. Absolutely. I can coach your team based on areas that need developing per person. And then yes. at the end of the day, you get the results because right, the, the behaviors drive the numbers. So you kind uh, of are a one-stop shop.
1: We really are. Yep. And That's so, beautiful. and we and we want the um, business owners to feel freed up to do what a lot of them are trying to do. Right? I want to be a CEO. I just you take care of that area, so I can go develop new products. You know, find new markets. You know, improve systems and processes in other areas of the business. Sure. Um, and it all works out.
0: Yeah, do more speaking, writing books, whatever it is, right? Create more yeah. content, use more of their creative juices because they don't have yeah. to worry about managing a team. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant model. Now, in Chapter 3 of your book, Beliefs, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. subtitle asks, do your beliefs support or sabotage your sales team results? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Sure. Almost almost everywhere I go where I start or my, um, my other managers start, is there's been negative beliefs that have built up. And so as you know, I mean anything we start when you're a parent and your teenager starts going weird, you start believing they're messing up all the time. So you know, you go to the room and you're looking for what's wrong. And you know, when they head out, you're looking for what's wrong. And so my your beliefs I will kind of sabotage the relationship in sales if you're not hitting goals because of a lot of things that aren't in place. There's only and you don't know what should be in place. And then as an owner, you're just looking at the salesperson. They're just not getting their job done, you know? And so you start getting the belief about hard to find salespeople. Salespeople are lazy. They, you know, they're just in it for the money. Whatever those things, those negative I call them negative beliefs. And when I when I say a negative of belief, it's a belief that's working against what your your goals are. Yes. Okay. And so um, that's that's a sabotage, and so salespeople know it. They could feel it. It doesn't have to be toxic or heavy or bad, and, and this owner could still care about the people, but you can care about someone and also have negative beliefs that work against them because yeah. you're not supporting them or listening the same way. And yeah. I I like to give you one example on that is, sure, you know, salespeople are, as you know, they're very demonstrative. They they're, they'll exaggerate. They're they want. To take care of customers, the good ones want to take care of customers, and if they're not being heard, they persist and get louder internally, yeah. and it seems like they're a problem internally. But really, what they're—if if just like anything, anyone else, when someone starts getting loud and persistent, okay, wait a minute, what are you saying? We're, we're not hearing them, and when we start list- because we we have these other beliefs that ah, they're just you know whatever. We don't we don't like it. So if we start listening. And it's really like we'll find systemic problems more than just a customer problem. And so that's what we do. We, okay, tell me what the issue is. What's the problem? Okay. Does it, does it happen with other customers too? Okay. Well, let's fix this, but let's go to the, our meeting and talk about how we can fix the system, systemic problem. So we're not dealing with it. So, the more we do that, then there's less of that um, fire drill stuff going on.
0: Well, well, I, I think humans—we want to be seen, heard, and understood. And so, if my sales manager is just like, "Well, go make more calls," instead of <laughs> understanding that I'm struggling on the phone because of I don't know, fill in the blank, right? Yes, right. Or, or um, I, I'm I. I'm getting sidetracked. So I'm not making my 20 phone calls a day, whatever it is. Instead of finding out the root cause, we're like, we'll go just make more phone calls, fit it in, do your time management. It's easy easy (laughs) because it's easy for me. That doesn't mean it's easy for the person that I'm coaching or that I'm managing. So yeah, I totally get that disconnect and and humans, we want to be seen, heard and understood. So when we're not like a child, right, we get louder and louder and louder stamp our feet until you have to stop and listen to me. And that's so unproductive. Plus it's just negative energy exchange, which is not where we want to go,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always trying, we're always trying to have our, um, treat the salespeople like adults, have them treat us like adults and we're all in it for the same thing. We want to, I mean, if you get the right people, we're really just all working towards the same goal. So let's go, let's approach it with that belief. And, uh, and if someone's off track there, well, that's easy to, to see.
0: The, the uh, interesting question that just popped into my head, Renee. So, you know, before you said, sometimes we think salespeople are in it just for the money. Mm-hmm. And I know that my, the organizations that hire me, money isn't the driver for their sales teams. Obviously we do, we work because we, we have to make a living, right? In sales, we can usually make quite a nice living, right? Yeah, so that sure. that's the piece of the puzzle. And that's why we choose that. But really, really the driving fo- factor or the motivation for these salespeople is to serve their client and truly make a difference in their life. Are you finding that now, now I, I know 40 years ago that was not the case? Well, let me just rephrase that predominantly was not the case. Maybe 50% of the time you found people like me who were truly there to serve. It was intuitive for me. And I knew I could be successful doing it because it felt right. Then there was the other 50% that were transactional and very much money-driven. Have you seen in your career a shift from the money chasing versus more of the service chasing? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, and I'm just trying to explore that. My initial thoughts were, I mean, you know, you, we're just humans. And I think that naturally, I mean, there's so many re, uh, research reports that show that people aren't in it for the money, you know, that they really want uh, a good place to work. They want to feel supportive. They want to be part of something bigger, you know, just even a little bit. And so I don't know that it's really changed that much. We just might be a little bit more sensitive uh, to, you know, we finally <laughs> heard the message, um, you know, really re- regarding that.
0: Yeah, or now it's okay to come from this place of service versus those hardcore, um, you know, those sales meetings that I was part of, you know, 40 years ago. I think it's a little softer now because we realize, you know, we lead through people, right? We have to change yeah. behavior to get the numbers where before, you know, I know my sales manager that I described the onset of the show, he should not have been managing Anybody, it was it was horrifying how he yelled at me and the punitive and you know I could give you one quick example I I was yeah. I was a kid I was in my twenties Renee and I came in and I had met a business owner and we just really hit it off we understood each other and as I explored he needed about a million dollars of life insurance now this is back in the eighties okay. and I came in I had never sold a million dollar life policy like this was big and yeah. my manager I came in and I was so excited to share it with him right being a proud peacock and he goes why didn't you sell too million. And it just, <laughs> I walked out of it deflated thinking, well, I suck. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was the furthest thing from the, from the, um, the, the reality of the situation. He didn't know how to motivate people. And I think that's right. dangerous. And it, it I'm, as I'm listening to you, your paradigm and how you have your organization set up your business model, it's all about that nurturing, that empowerment, as well as looking at systems and those technical things, right. The, the behaviors yeah, behind right. it. Yeah, right. which I think it, it has to go hands in hand.
1: You know, there's uh, something else I think that contributes to the service-minded selling. And that is the how when we started selling, we were the information source. And we all know now they don't need us for most information to make a decision. They'll use salespeople to make that final decision to confirm what they believe is the right decision. And so... You know, you can't come in, and you don't get to come in early and lead the discussion and uh, exploration process like you used to. You know, you get to, you have to make a good impression. If you make a bad impression, it's easy. Like, all right, get out of here. I'm going to go search something. <laughs> you're gone. That's right. You know, so you got dollar signs in your eyes. It's a little bit harder to get away with that. Where in the past, you might have been the smartest guy and the dollar signs, and the buyer would put up with you because you're the one that had the information. They did. That's
0: right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Google it. Right. We don't really don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I didn't even think of that. That's a really, really good point of the shift. And, you know, with technology now, it just gets exponentially better for us and easier for us to find information. And then it's like, okay, I think I understand. Now I know what questions to ask and now I'm I'm ready to meet with the salesperson. So I've done a little bit of my own education prior to meeting that person. I, I never even put that in that context, but that makes so much sense. Do you find with the folks you work with, the teams you work with, are the salespeople? Do they like having accountability and the environment that you're building where they you're holding them accountable? Because
1: you're sure. you're on the hot seat for the numbers, right? Right, I, uh, absolutely, they love it because it's not punitive. It's it's just their job. It's like what uh, I try to make it so simple for salespeople. It's like you know someone over here in the county, their job is to make sure everything gets in the bank and gets to the vendors and the reporting and you get your paycheck. That's their job. Okay. Uh Customer service. They answer those phones. They fix those problems. Sales. What they're counting on us do is this revenue number. So all this happens. That's our job. Our job isn't make calls, have meetings. That's just gets us to the result, but the result is get the sales. And that's, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. And if you're in, in for that, let's go, but that's our job. And so yeah. ultimately, just like if you don't get your paycheck, you're not going to be going like, oh, but you, but you entered it in the system, though. OK, good job. You entered it, but I never got my paycheck. You know, that's not going to be OK. It's all about the result. It's all about right. the result. So and so give it a bottom line. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's the. Um, Usually when we come into a client, that's the one piece that everyone knows they want. But there's just something, there's a, there's a breakdown in the communication. When I look at job descriptions that they, they rarely say your primary responsibility is to meet the sales, you know, uh, goal objective of the company. That's usually missing. It's kind of like, um, take care of customers, you know, find new customers, you know, things like it's, it's always a little softer than just put it out there.
0: Give me the results matter, matter yeah. of fact,
1: you know? And so um, anyway, that's, that's on that. Yeah, I mind just could to another place.
0: Well, the other thing too, with the accountability, and I know like even when my kids were little, Before we'd be in the car, we'd go into someone's home and I'd say, you know, you know, what, what, what am I going to say? And they go, we know best behavior. I go, that's right. What does that mean? And then, you know, I want you to make sure you say please and thank you, play nice, share, whatever, depending on the age. And then we'd go, and my at all? They would look over at me, Renee, if they were thinking about doing something they knew they shouldn't have been doing, they would look (laughs) over (laughs) <laughs> All I would have to do is shake my head no, like don't even think about it, and they would walk away. It's right. accountability, but but it's clear expectations, so they know what those boundaries are, what the expectation is. So there's never any surprises. But now I know how to function within whatever my responsibility is. So for us, it's the sales, yeah. right?
1: Well, see, I think what you just—I—I made a picture of when you were looking over there, going like. Mm. That was like the dashboard. So in our sales meeting, right? The dashboard is up there going like, well, which way should you be going? (laughs) What should you be doing? So basically set the expectation, make sure you have all your data right and you have good discipline with your people putting in the right information. Then all you got to do is put the mirror up. They're not looking at other people's, they're looking at theirs. And it's basically a simple question, great. All right, what are your goals or what are your commitments this week? Based on where you're at, where you know you need to be, what are you doing?
0: That's and right. There's, especially there's the they, accountability. Especially if they know what to do. Now, you were part of your responsibility when you come into a company, though, is if someone is struggling. We all hit, blood, mm-hmm. right? We all hit, hit yeah, bad spots, sure. right? We're yeah, right. We're Are really they green.
1: They, they're still learning. Yeah,
0: sure. So you come in and you—that's where the coaching. Then you can overlay the coaching you as that sales manager for that organization. So I love it. I think again, brilliant. Brilliant business model, my friend. <laughs> I'm loving it. What are right. Renee, what are the five areas you suge- suggest a sales leader focus on to build this type of accountable environment, which I mean obviously will ultimately improve the sales results?
1: Well, you teed me up for my book, okay, so my, fa- my, my five areas uh, belief, you, know, you have to have believe in your people, give them the benefit of the doubt. That does not mean excuse them for um poor performance or poor behavior yes. you know it just means that but you have to give them the benefit of the doubt let's look look for the what they're doing right first and then correct that's belief um secular expectation you you mentioned that a few times you know if you don't have expectation, you can't have accountability, and then number three is have a an accountable environment and what I mean by that is you know where where people do if they know their expectation and they know it's going to be brought up on a consistent basis there's accountability with everybody and not just accountability for their own goal um we like to create a team accountability so you're over your goal but the team isn't there we haven't won the game yet so keep going because one next one month you're going to be down and the other guy needs to pick you up and so we look at both both those and then the fourth piece is meetings consistent meetings you know um That's what gets, that gets dropped out when we're, when you don't have a sales leader, owners are busy. They might want to have a sales meeting, but they got so many priorities. Those meetings are canceled and not rescheduled and then they just stop happening. So we have a weekly sales meeting and a monthly one-on-one meeting. It, um, it just, it, it allows you to deal with issues, solve them, um, and have a good communication back and forth, be accountable. If you don't have those checkpoints where that accountability and conversation is going to happen, then it, again, you just end up doing fire drills. And the last piece is conversations and conversations that demonstrate that you care about someone. No, you don't have to be all huggy and everything. And sometimes you're showing your care by challenging them and saying, you know, you know, acknowledge your, when you were just getting started in your career and you came with a million dollars, of course we're going to give you a right on way to go, you know, and then as you get a few more of those, you know, down the road, Four or six months down the road, I'm going to say like, you know what? I bet you, you could do two million, a two million dollar deal at the right right. time. You know, that's right. That's right. And then challenge you. What do you think? Ah, that's a big one. Well, what do you think? Can you do it? Yeah. All right. Go get it. I'll be cheering when you get back. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And Renee, here's the thing too. If you, what we focus on becomes the reality. So, you know, and, and you're right. He played it that way where he celebrated and said, Khan, let's strategize. How can we, how can we get 2 million next time? I would have been excited to learn. What do you think? What would you have done? Right. What would you have, I would have been asking questions to try to get better, but instead of stripping people down, we have to help them focus on the right behaviors. And with focus comes effort. Effort, comes strategies, yes. comes systems, comes, you know, growth and behavior. And that's where the results happen versus just dictating or putting people down. A couple of things you said with the, the five pieces of the puzzle, yes. um, the weekly meetings I think are so critical. And I see that like I'll come into an organization and I'll say, well, how often do you have, you know, sales meetings where business development meetings, whatever you want to call it, where we actually review how many calls were made, you know, what, what are the average number of calls for somebody new coming in? There's, there's certain systems that we have to do. Number, you know, sales is a science. So what is, let's determine what that science is and where are we moving. But if we're never having meetings and analyzing things, we, it's, it's like throwing spaghetti against the wall and saying, Hey, let's see what, what sticks. Right. The other important thing I think you said is the one-on-one. And often I go into organizations and they go, well, can't we do the one-on-one quarterly? I'm like, no. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> if you said, Connie. I want you to develop the skill and practice it. And we talk about strategy. Okay. Yeah. I could do that. And, th- but you're not going to monitor it or address it for another three months. Yeah. I'm not going to start it till the week before. So okay. if I know I'm accountable in four weeks plus my weekly meetings, now you're touching me several times. There's the, again, that, that accountability, the expectation. But now I'm going to show up because I know I have a deadline. Humans, yeah. We need deadlines with things. I right, right. need that that strategic plan in place. So I know what's expected of me when what my deadlines are, what, you know, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Also, the one on one. I think, allows for that being seen, heard, and understood so that, Renee, I know if I'm going to meet with you next week for our one-on-one and I'm struggling with something, I might send you an email to say, look, I didn't have the best month. Here's where I'm floundering. I'm not really sure what I'm missing. Can we focus on that next week when we chat? But you, by you meeting with me monthly, we've opened that level of communication for me to feel confident to say, can you help me with this? I don't know what's going wrong, right?
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. And you want That open communication and you also want people to get empowered through the process. And so you mentioned earlier that, you know, part of one of my mantras is, is, you know, structure and uh, motivation for lasting education, structure, motivation for lasting change. And so when we put these, uh, we put an individual sales plan for each salesperson. So that's what we use in our one on ones and it has all their uh, KPIs in there. Uh, Some of them are going to be the same one for everyone. And then there's going to be a few difference. You know, maybe the, the, the big dog has been there for, you know, 10 years. They need to focus on some larger accounts or getting a better referral system going. So they're going to have some different objectives and there's going to be improvements. And I always uh, build in what they believe are their key strategies, how they'll approach their, their role you know? And, uh, so those are, those things allow us to just say, okay, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing that? It's not a metric. It's more of a approach, uh, a value. But what I wanted to say about this is, so we do these one-on-ones and these are new to a lot of salespeople, they, especially in a small business. It's not corporate, you know, they, they have those things built. Uh, and so mm-hmm. they learn. My objective is I want you to learn how to manage your business. Okay, I don't want you to be dependent on me to say, all right, what do you think you should do? By the end of that, usually it takes about a year for them to really embrace it. I remember one of my reps sending me something going like, wow, as we were re- redoing our plans this year, it's like, I think I'm getting what this is really, this really helps me. <laughs> but you can't be impatient um because it just, this isn't what... I live in that world. I'm a strategist planner. I do that all the time. But uh, a newer, younger salesperson who's never built an individual sales plan, they're not going to see the whole value. Once that chart starts growing and they start seeing trends and we talk about trends and what they should do, they could start looking at their business differently besides what do this, do that. And um, so anyways, it's fun to watch them grow. And hopefully we transfer a tool that they will always want to use in their career.
0: And it's interesting because you know part of your model is that education piece which I think sometimes sales leaders were not sure how to do the education piece right because of our own inner dialogue or whatever it might be or how we came up through the ranks. So the the sales leader have you seen a uh, again a shift cuz you're you're in this you're deeper in this world than I am. Yeah. Have you seen a shift with the shift with sales leaders? where they're understanding exactly what you, what you just said is, you know, because we, I know when I come in, right, I have 40 years of experience, but if I'm talking to someone who just graduated from, from college and this, they're just starting their journey. If I try to download everything in my head and strategies and why and how it connects and, you know, all of these pieces of the puzzle, they'd be like, I can't do this because it's 40 years of accumulated knowledge and wisdom. So I like how you approach it where you build it out, let them through that review, see the trends. Are you finding that more sales managers are understanding that piece of it or well, I'm curious. I'm just curious. Yeah,
1: I, I I'm not in your world, so I am not working with sales managers. So I'm just always working with salespeople and working in smaller companies who don't have a sales manager. Now now and then I'm coaching a sales manager uh, right. when I find a client like that, but most right. of our clients don't have that. So I really can't speak to that. Um, you know that question as well as I'd like to. I'd just be guessing.
0: So the, okay, so then let me rephrase it this way: the sales people. Like if, if, let's say a a company says, approaches you or you approach them and they say, you know, I know I'm leaving money on the table. I'm not really sure where the deficit is on the business owner. I'm not necessarily the expert with the day-to-day sales anymore because I have so many other responsibilities. You could come in and look at the sales representatives themselves and start to see where the breakdowns are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very, it's just so simple. To me, for you, <laughs> yeah, we said that earlier
0: <laughs>
1: for me, Dude,
0: it's because you've been doing this right for you know, a long time. You know,
1: I've been doing it for, you know, we're, we've been in business similar. I've been 16 years in this particular yeah. business. Five years be- before that, I was doing training and consulting. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, when I started sales manager now, it's God given. You know, I told my wife, I said, you know what? This is just like breathing to me. I don't have to go learn something and then deliver something. I'm just where I'm supposed to be, and uh at this stage now where I'm supposed to be is find more clients for my now I have consultants working in my business, and love. so we can serve more more companies Absolutely. and so that's my new challenges i'm Absolutely. I'm back in sales I'm the sales guy <laughs> you're, you're the
0: sales guy now <laughs> but see again, you're reiterating and growing. Mm-hmm. Just your business grows. Our businesses go through the different evolutions, just like a new salesperson, you know, goes through that evolutionary process um, yeah, too. Um, wait, we're almost out of time, but I do have one more question. From sure. your experience, what do you see is holding business owners back from growing through their sales team. So this might be a good trigger to help you generate new business. So the business <laughs> owners that are listening, is there something that you can kind of pinpoint for them? So to, to say, Oh gosh, I really do need Renee or I need, you know, to speak with him.
1: Either do, do it something yourself or use uh, our people. Absolutely. I think it starts with that belief. If you're, um, you know, I've had a, a business owner who. Has a hard time hiring a salesperson because they, we, we discovered this over lunch. Every time he'd go, he would, and rather than putting an ad and receiving resumes, cause he was so hesitant because he didn't think there was honest sales people out there. Oh. He would just look at Indeed and he would find all the resumes where people jumped around too soon. And then he was telling me at lunch, Renee, all I do is see these resumes. I said, all you're doing is looking for who you shouldn't hire. You're just, you're just you know, continuing to reinforce your belief because you don't know the world I live in. Every company I go to, if it's a decent company, you don't have to be stellar. You just have a good good product or service, you know, uh, a reputation that people respect. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be people, and you have a decent, you treat people with respect. And you're It's easy. We'll find someone to work here. It might not take a week. It might take two months, but we're going to find a good person, you know, that works here.
0: And it's fascinating. You know, I started the show right with my communication style assessment. We all have blind spots, Renee. And if somebody, if we don't explore and get someone to help us, it's a blind spot. You don't know it's there. (laughs) You don't even know what questions to ask to over, you know, to compensate for it because it's a blind spot. Right. So we need people. We need to have those conversations. So that was a great lunch with that one business owner for him to say, like, you know, he should have had the V8. What was I thinking? (laughs) I'm right. I'm I'm bringing into my world that exactly, which I don't want because that's what i focused on.
1: Absolutely. So I would say to, for the owners that, um, rather than trying to get someone to implement the ideas you have that you haven't been able to make, uh, implement or implement effectively Mm. bring in someone like us to just listen and understand what's going on. Because like you said, you said it perfectly, there's probably blind spots that you aren't seeing and you keep trying to do this other, you know, put the foot on the gas and the foot on the brake. You don't know that your foot's on the brake
0: it's a blind spot. So see these yeah. conversations, these, 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 again, right. We do our research. Somebody's listening to the show and saying, holy crap, is that the missing piece that I've been waiting for? Right. right. Divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, but sure. yeah, I love it. So everyone, we are out of time, but here's the deal. I think you all need Renee in your life, right? So go to the website is salesmanagernow.com. If you truly have a question for Renee, um, reach out. He's absolutely, yeah. you can see how lovely he is. It's Renee at salesmanagernow.com. And he also has a free gift. Can you just talk about that? And I'll put the link, sure. I'll put all the links in the show notes, but talk sure. about the free gift for me, please.
1: Yeah, sure. If you just want to go to the website, there's a sales management guide and it'll give you a lot of the things that we've just been talking about in and, and a small package, you know, what a seven, eight pages, but some of the principles that we talk about, if you want to do this on your own and sharpen up your sales management skills or something to evaluate your sales manager with, it's called a, a sales management guide. And we'll send you the link. Uh, and I'll also say if any, you know, if anyone's really interested, if anyone calls me with a question to ask, I will send to one of my books too. Okay. Oh. But your investment has their investment has to be like a willingness to have a conversation. And believe me, you will not be sold. You will go away from that meeting learning something.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're a delight. And I love that free gift too, that you said, if, if I'm a business owner, I am a sales manager, even I'm doing both, let's say, and I use your little guide, it's going to turn, maybe it'll shine a light on the blind spot where, and I'm going to be honest, Renee, there are some things where I learn and I think I just, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. I'm too busy with the stuff that I like, that I flourish into my business. Who can I hire for that position? So again, by reviewing that um, get a free report, the free report that you're speaking about, it might actually shine a light on a potential blind spot that we don't even know is there. So thank you so much for sharing that. And for, if they get on a call with you, the free book, I just love that. That's what I was looking for. And I did find it. I had it here. I should have had it at, um, this is the book, right? Yeah. That's the book. part-time sales manager. (laughs) So if you're on Apple, uh, go to the YouTube channel and you'll see a copy of the book as well. Um, Renee, thank you so much. Uh, truly, a an pleasure. inspired conversation. You know, sales. We, we, I think some people still hear the word sales and they think, "Eck, right? Who? What are you going to push on me?" And I think your my philosophy is in sync from a values driven perspective. Of it's really about the customer. We just have to train people on how to right approach and uh, serve the client. And we have to have sales managers that are able to do that. And if we, our organization is on the smaller side, like you said, that two to 20 million, you might be the exact answer. And honestly, I had never heard of a fractional sales manager. So I was excited for our conversation because I think there's a need out there. And I think you're in a beautiful niche to be able to help these small business owners. So the business owner could go out and do them what they should be yeah. doing and allow you to manage the internal functioning of the sales role. So, thank you so much. Um, I'm loving what you're doing out there. Really brilliant.
1: Great. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a great. I enjoy these conversations and this one was special. Thank
0: you. Oh, uh, thank you. Same, same. I, I, you know, salesperson to salesperson, <laughs> we've got to make a difference out there. And I think through the values that we share and what we've discussed here, I think it's important. And I hope it's inspired people for them to look at their sales team, their sales management skills, whatever it yeah. is. And business owners, we can make more sales by, and sometimes, right, Renee, it's, it's a little tweak. It's oh, just yeah, the littlest yeah. tweak that we we were missing and that an expert like yourself can help. So again, thank you, um, thank you for sharing, and I truly appreciate your time. And you, I ho- I am honored that you have joined us weekly, and I hope you continue to join us weekly as. Question, build, and discover together. No matter where you are on your sales journey, my guests and I, I truly hope that we inspire you to think differently, to explore different options. But at the end of the day, we have to make our lives easier, more productive, and and again, more profitable without working any harder. We're all working hard enough. So, so stop mm-hmm. thinking I have to do more. And maybe we have to outsource more to be able to live the and the joyful life that we desire and deserve. But also have the money coming in that we need to be able to support that lifestyle. And again, Renee might be the answer to your prayer. So Renee, thank you again. Thank you right. all for joining me. Um, you've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I truly wish you an inspired week. Here's the deal. And I know I end the show every week and you, Connie, you're a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. Information is a beautiful thing. If you choose to do nothing with it, nothing is going to change. Take one of the tips, one of the ideas, go into action and take that free gift. I promise you when you put stuff into action, reaction happens and magic happens on the back end. And that's what I wish for all of you. Thank you for tuning in. I truly am honored to have you on this journey with me and I will see you all next week. Have a great one.
1: Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember lead with heart, and your sales will follow.